What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Yeah, most definitely. And that's a good leeway, a good good lead-in to my next question about Robert Kraft. Patriots ratings for their loss to the Dolphins down 25% in comparison to their average last year. Obviously, one week does not constitute a trend, but I do think it is telling about the general feel around the team. As the longtime chair of the broadcast committee, how attuned do you think (laughs) Robert Kraft is to those numbers? It's one of those metrics that the elite owners really take a lot of pride in. Like Jerry Jones is so proud that the Cowboys outdraw everybody, even in their, even though they haven't won a Super Bowl since what two thousand or nineteen ninety five. Right. Um, he is so proud of of the cultural force that the Cowboys are. And look, the Patriots are a cultural force. I mean, they are a a global team, but to have a season kind of entering, you know. With his, you always like hope that things enter on like the highest note, right? And then they continue to build from there. And, you know, judging by one week at least, that was obviously a team and obviously a matchup that it didn't draw, I think, what the Patriots are accustomed to drawing. Now, what does that mean long term? I doubt very much, but I'm sure that it's not a great number for anyone to see, especially someone who takes so much pride in what the Patriots have been have become over the past two decades. And I'm interested about Robert Kraft, and you talked about this a bit uh, in the podcast you did last week with Andrew Callahan of the Herald, but this offseason, I think it was pretty surprising to hear Kraft make that statement that we haven't won a playoff game in three years and no one's more disappointed in that than I am. And then also talking a little bit about their lack of drafting success in recent years as well. But I've heard a couple of different explanations for that from people around the team. Curious your take on it. Do you think that that was Robert Kraft truly speaking from the heart or more of him maybe playing the good cop role to the media in comparison to Belichick's bad cop role? I think that Robert Kraft can play a role in certain situations and can be a front in certain situations I'm guessing that that was a sanitized version of raw feelings. Oh, sanitized. Um, I mean, he fired Pete Carroll a year after they had made the playoffs. Um, Right. He is someone who just has no appetite for anything other than being one of the teams at the end. And he has been blessed beyond belief. Um, partially because of his own decisions. I mean, one could argue that trading for Bill Belichick has turned out to be the greatest trade in NFL history, but he's used to being in those situations and that he's not, and that he 
might notice that the Patriots, like we discussed, kind of lost that magic in the year since Tom Brady has left has to be has to like kind of disgust him on a primal level, I'm guessing. Hmm. Yeah. And it is interesting that in, after 2020, their seven and nine season, the Cam Newton COVID season, the Patriots responded by showing out a record amount of guaranteed money in free agency, drafting Mac Jones in the first round. So I think you see right there, lousy season and a really aggressive response and uncharacteristically aggressive response from the team over the off season. No doubt. I mean, drafting a quarterback for the in the first round for the first time since Bill Belichick had been a head coach. And, um, you know, Bill always says he's he's taking things year by year. And I think that that's true. And um, I was asked at one point, like, do you think Bill is playing for 2023? I mean, I have no idea <laughs> about that. It, it sort of assumes that this season was already lost. While I'm not sure that that's the case, even though clearly offensively, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, and I was also going to ask about, oh, here, this is an easy one. Belichick, <laughs> do you think he will leave on his own accord? I do. I, I just, do. I can't see Robert Kraft forcing a move there unless Bill was unwilling to walk away and there was outside circumstances like health reasons or whatever. I, I, I like I said, I think it seems so far-fetched that it's almost unimaginable yeah. You just think about what Bill Belichick has meant for that franchise, what he's meant for Robert Kraft personally, right? Um, how he's helped increase everybody's wealth and stature that even if they went five years without a playoff appearance or a playoff win, you'd still have to think that Bill Belichick could coach mm -hmm. that team as long as he wants. But who knows? Who knows? It is interesting that Belichick right now, and we talk about how the week one ratings down in comparison to the average last year, but Belichick is still, he really is the Patriots brand at this point. If you take Belichick out of the equation, what do you have? You know? So I think that adds on to your, there's point. no doubt. And he's kind of an evolving brand. I mean, he's a different coach than he was years ago. I mean, remember when, gosh, that AFC championship game against Jacksonville where the Patriots are down double digits and a Brady led rally, you know, sends them to the Super Bowl again. And he has that, you know, gashed hand. And Belichick's asked about it at the press conference. And, you know, Brady's not even out of the shower. And and Belichick says, well, it's not open heart surgery, surgery we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, one of the just coldest things you can kind of imagine. And now they, you know, they come out against the Dolphins and, and really offensively struggled all day. Um, that's not breaking news. And, you know, he, he's someone who just takes the long view and I don't want to say makes excuses, but kind of tries to yeah um, be encouraging and positive in a way that for someone right. who was such a fierce bottom liner for his entire yeah. Super Bowl run, it's just kind of interesting that, that you, you know, since Brady left, that's who he has has morphed right. into and i think that even when cam newton was there right um you know he would kind of i don't want to say again make excuses but he would justify cam newton's performance and give it a positive spin in a way that you know man 2016 season brady's out because of the deflate gate suspension belichick's asked a question about brady's longevity his astounding longevity and manages to turn it into a compliment for jimmy garoppolo right. saying that right. the, it was a seamless transition in the offense between the two of them just a different guy now it's really interesting to watch 
Yeah, and maybe the common denominator is Brady, right? He was very complimentary of Garoppolo when he was here and now Newton and Mac Jones. Yeah, I have noticed that with the media too, Belichick has, you mentioned, made you, yeah, made more excuses for the team. What do you make of the fact that, I mean, I know you're in the New England area. I'm not sure how attuned you are to sports talk and everything. Obviously, the people who call sports talk radio are a significant subset of, are, you know, a different subset of fans than probably most. But Belichick is getting a lot of heat around here um, and in the media as well. Do you think, like, are you, number one, a little surprised at how kind of quickly that's happened? And do you think Belichick is cognizant of that? Oh, I'm sure he's cognizant of it. I think that, look, Boston's an intense market. I've experienced that personally. You've lived it. And you and I have been a part of it for a long time. I mean, we've been talking for years now. And so I'm not surprised by that. But look, I don't, if I'm being critical of Belichick, I'm not being critical of Belichick in the way that he's building these teams. This is hard. (laughs) And there's a lot of great coaches who end up coming back down to earth. Um, in a league that's like reverse engineered to make everybody average. But that said, Robert Kraft and Tom, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick were the two people more than anybody else on earth who should have known better than to underestimate Tom Brady and let him go to a different team. And yet they did that. And that's not a decision that I would say is going to haunt Belichick. He's way too successful to have something like that haunt him, but it's always going to be something he was known for. That he let Brady walk. And, um, you know, that to me, as we know throughout the years, just how important it is to have a great quarterback. And here they had the greatest of all time. Um, That to me is something that when I look at Belichick's performance, I look at more than, um, you know, his roster building moves now, which again, as great as he is, everybody has hits or misses and and makes great decisions and flawed ones. And one of the big decisions that Belichick has made over the last couple of years is Matt Patricia and the role that he is now has in the organization. In your book, you write that the Malcolm Butler benching stemmed from a disagreement, a spat, if you will, that he had with Patricia. We've read reports this week that Kendrick Bourne's benching was due to a disagreement with Matt Patricia. Um, and just from afar, it seems like Patricia is really positioned as the heir apparent that even Josh Daniels now was. And Patricia is accompanying Belichick to league meetings. Patricia is signing the contracts. Patricia is now coaching offense. Patricia was publicly given credit for engineering the Devontae Parker trade. Curious with all the insight you have, what do you th- what's up with Matt Patricia? <laughs> just, just ask it plainly. And what role and how do you think Bill Belichick views him? And is he, you know, an heir apparent? Well, he's a he's an astute football mind. I mean, that said, I think there was always coaches who kind of wondered, you know, does Bill have a soft spot for Matt? And right. it's clear that he values him. What they're doing offensively, I do think, is an extension of things that Bill has done over the years with varying success. I mean, in 1995, the Cleveland Browns had 15 offense, 15 coaches, but no offensive coordinator. And when Belichick was asked about it. He would say the same things that he says now, you know, we all pitch in, we all know how to coach offense. That said, while Belichick has presided over some unbelievable offenses and maybe the greatest offense in NFL history in 2007, nobody is talking about the early nineties Browns (laughs) offense as, you know, a, a watershed moment for the league or even a good offense. And, um, you know, the fact that, Patricia and Joe Judge and Belichick are so involved in offense 
Um, I think that I, I'm willing to give them a lot of patience because I think that they have a while to find their identity. But all of the reports that came out of training camp, especially Greg Bedard, who just watched them so closely and so well, just noted that in practice, they just weren't sharp. And if anyone thought that those reports were being overhyped <laughs> and that everything would kind of click together once the season started, the performance against the Dolphins showed that that definitely wasn't the case. That said, Belichick said in the past that the way the rules are set up now, it makes it hard for offensive lines to gel. This stuff takes time. But already Mac Jones has a back injury. And as we know, football is football. He could get injured at any time. But backs don't get better as the course of the no. season go on. It should be very interesting, to say the least. Before we go, though, Seth, what other products do you have uh, on the docket? Loved your McVay story. Oh, thanks. A little back. Uh, yeah, always curious to see what you have coming up. Yeah, I mean, and Sean McVay is someone who's just, you know, tried to take everything that he's learned and read and heard from Bill Belichick during the times they've gotten beers and kind of evolve it into his own personality and build it within his own team. Um, it was interesting to spend that much time with Sean. I visited him every month for five months straight. Wow. And to get a glimpse at someone who, look, Bill is such a great He's such a presence in the culture and in the minds of his assistant coaches that, as we've seen, often when they leave, they kind of feel like they're unconsciously mimicking him. And I think McVeigh is someone interesting because he he had a, enough self-assurance to be able to take some of the things he's learned from Bill and learned about Bill and apply it in his own way, in his own team. And I think that that's harder for young coaches than often we give them credit for. Um, I've started on a new book. It's not Patriots related. And I've got a couple stories that I've spent a couple months on that hopefully will be out, um, you know, relatively soon. And again, nothing Patriots related, but hopefully football fans will like them. Seth Wickersham, it's better to be feared now in paperback with a fresh new epilogue. Seth, thanks for the time as always. Great to talk to you, man.